Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. Why do the Mavs suck? The Rockets have been a pleasant surprise for once. Plus, why do stats love Kirk Cousins but wins don't? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. A Kevin Durant 15-footer sealed a win for the Brooklyn Nets 102-99 over the Dallas Mavericks in Dallas. They fall to 11-12 on the year and 6-6. and at home, joining me now from Dallas, Nick Angstad from Locked On Mavs. And, and Nick, this is a team that has gotten off to a slow start. They could not make any shots in this game, and shooting has been an issue all season. And even though they played the Nets tight, one of the best teams in basketball, I have not seen anything to this point in the season that makes me believe that they are better than what they've shown so far. Peter, I'm sitting here at the AAC, the American Airlines Center, and they have this tradition where after every single game, they allow civilians, people, normal fans to just come out on the floor and take free throws, and they just stand in the line and they take free throws. Their percentage is much better than what the Mavs shot tonight from three, (laughs) from free throw, and they airball like half the time. It was absolutely brutal in this one, and the Mavs, Jason Kidd afterwards said, we're a jump shooting team that's missing jump shots. That's basically what it is right now. Mavericks are missing shots. Kidd said four or five times now that, you know, we, we're this team that misses jump shots, and then we go to the other end, and we don't play defense. And that came up again in this one. Luka doesn't get foul calls. He goes to the other end. He complains. He pouts and all that kind of stuff. This is what this team is right at this point. On the Brooklyn Nets side of it, uh, this team, that team just, like, literally waited around and waited around and just, like, roamed around like a shark just waiting to pounce. And it was that beginning of the fourth quarter. The Mavericks had, you know, come in with a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter. And then instead of benching one of the stars or both of the stars to start the fourth quarter, Steve Nash decides to put both of them in to start the fourth, something that barely any you know NBA coaches do. And they just blitzed the Mavs right there. Tim Hardaway Jr. could not guard Kevin Durant at all. And – I can just, like you said, it was a 15-footer from Kevin Durant. I feel like I can just keep seeing that Kevin Durant 15-footer in my mind over and over again because it was just so easy for him. Dun-dun, 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 dun-dun. I mean, that's that's Swish. really what it was. And and you you mentioned the the jump shooting problem. Luka Doncic, 9 for 21, and and he was the good jump shooter. Tim Hardaway Jr., <laughs> 5 of 14. Chris Epps Porzingis, 6 of 17. Reggie Bullock, 3 of 10. 0 of 6 from 3. It was brutal. How does this team right the ship? Because we saw them when they were clicking on all cylinders last year in the playoffs. They gave a healthy Clippers team everything they could handle when they had Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. This is still a team with plenty of talent. How do, how do they get back there? Yeah, and let's be clear for people that don't watch the Dallas Mavericks and see that number. Like, oh, they're just forcing all these threes and just taking so many threes that are ill-advised. That's not the case. This team is literally just missing wide-open shots. They're the, one of the worst teams in the NBA in taking threes that are, you know, like the defender is between four and six feet away from them. Like, lay down on the ground, and that's the distance that somebody is, like, away from these three-point shooters, and they're just completely missing them. And it's... It, 
what do you do at that point, right? If, if, if guys that are traditionally good three-point shooters, Reggie Bullock, you mentioned, he comes into the season, he's been a 40% three-point shooter for like six years now. Porzingis is a solid three-point shooter. Tim Hardaway Jr. for the last three years has been a 40% three-point shooter. Dorian actually shot the ball well, but he's been a 40% three-point shooter. All these guys just keep missing shots. I mean, what do you do? Do you like rub a rabbit's foot? Do you just like like go around <laughs> your chair at your desk? Do you do the snow dance? Like I, At this point, they need to do something else. They need to do the, the Ted Lasso, like let's all get in a circle and throw things that we love into a burning pit and like burn it outside. They just need to do something else to change what's going on with this team shooting wise. Thanks for making Locked On Today your first listen of the day. Coming up, the Rockets have been a pleasant surprise for once. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. A week after announcing Brian Kelly as its new coach, LSU is poised to lose starting quarterback Max Johnson along with his brother Jake, a prized tight end recruit. Max Johnson announced Tuesday that he plans to enter the transfer portal. A sophomore and the son of former NFL quarterback Brad Johnson, he threw 27 touchdowns and six interceptions this season. Jake Johnson, the number one ranked tight end in the class of 2022, announced he was opening up his recruitment. He originally committed to LSU in April when Ed Orgeron was still the team's coach. The Boston Celtics and the LA Lakers entered Tuesday, both sitting at the sixth seat in their respective conferences, far away from the expectations for LeBron, AD, and the Lakers. This is Brian Kamenetsky, host of Locked On Lakers. The Lakers have been looking for a good win against a team playing well and finally got one Tuesday night at Staples. They cruised past the Boston Celtics, 117-102, the final score. It was a slow start. Jason Tatum went nuclear uh, for Boston at the beginning of the game, but the Lakers, once they weathered that, really did clamp down on Boston defensively, and they used a huge defensive push in the third quarter to build a five-point lead into a 16-point lead going into the fourth. They really they only gave up 42 points in the middle two quarters. LeBron James finishes with 30. Russell Westbrook continues his run of strong play, 25 points, 11 assists. Anthony Davis had a strong second half particularly uh, and was a force inside. Only had 17 points, but it was an impactful 17. You felt him getting aggressive going to, to the bucket, particularly in the second half. Um, and so all in all, it was a very strong night for the Lakers. This is easily the best win they've had against uh, anyone, but you know certainly one of the, the only wins they've gotten against a good team, uh, a team playing well over the course of the season. Much more to come uh, on tomorrow's Locked on Lakers, so be sure you tune into that. But all in all, uh, probably the, the best night Lakers fans have had this season. The New York Knicks have not carried over their momentum from last season as they currently sit in 11th in the East. Heading into their matchup on Tuesday against the Spurs, they had lost three in a row. The Cleveland Browns placed tight end David Njoku on the reserve COVID-19 list Tuesday, putting his availability for Sunday's key NFC North game against the Baltimore Ravens very much in question. The 6-6 six six Browns could also be without tight end Harrison Bryant, who suffered a high ankle sprain in Week 12 against the Ravens in a 16-10 loss, the Browns' most recent game before their bye last week. Njoku had a touchdown in that game. It wasn't announced if Njoku tested positive for COVID-19 or for he was being placed on the list as an unvaccinated close contact. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for coming up on betonline.ag, your number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season. The final four is set in the college football playoff and the odds to win it. Alabama, the favorite, of course, plus 120. Georgia, plus 140. 
Michigan plus 650. And if you really want to have some fun, Cincinnati at plus 950. As for the semifinal games, Alabama 13 and a half point favorites over Cincy with an over-under of 58. I like the over in that one. Georgia, eight-point favorites over Michigan, and the over-under is a paltry 44. I like the under, honestly. I think it's going to be a slugfest, a rock fight. For all your gambling needs, betonline.ag has you covered. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to get that bonus. Here is another story you need to know. The Houston Rockets are making history, and maybe not the kind you thought they might before the season. They lost 15 straight games before they went on a six-game winning streak. Hadn't been done in the major sports. Joining me now from Locked on Rockets, Jackson Gatlin. And, And Jackson, this team is young. I think, personally, that they are fun to watch. I am of the mind that it actually helps to have these moments to coalesce a little bit and to learn as a young team how to win some of these games. What do you think? Oh, a- absolutely, Peter. Look, this is the thing is nobody, who, anybody who's played any professional organized sport anywhere, anybody with any ounce of competitiveness in their body whatsoever doesn't like to lose, right? These are professional athletes who have played this sport their entire lives. They're on the biggest stage. They don't want to go out there and lose games intentionally. Anybody that has that mindset is approaching this game wrong. And so this team did not, you know, want to go on a 15 game losing streak. They were very close in a few of those games. They played some really competitive teams. They had some games come right down to the wire against the Lakers, against the Nuggets, and they just could not get anything to break their way. And then things just kind of snowballed and got worse and worse. And then finally, Steven Silas made the switch that opened things up, and that was putting Christian Wood at the five spot, benching Daniel Tice, running with predominantly just one big on the floor, which opens up all this spacing for Christian Wood to operate, for the Rockets guards to operate, putting more shooting on the floor. And we've seen the Rockets really start to coalesce and string together some wins now. And that's what you need with a young team. You need to be able to have some positive moments, some positive takeaways so that the philosophies, the teachings that Steven Silas and company are trying to instill in these young guys as they're getting started with their NBA careers they're not just in this perpetual state of, oh, well, why, why are we going to listen to what they're doing, right? We're, it's just, it's racking up nothing but L's. I'm just going to go out there and get mine. And that's how you can get into some bad habits and, you know, get these guys off to a bad start in their careers. So it's a great thing that they're finally on this, this little bit of a win streak with some positive vibes surrounding the team. I feel like for a young team, the hardest thing to do is find an identity because in order to build a team from the ground up, you have to have an identity that you want to build and, and getting this style of play, especially with their core players. Um, You know, they're playing a lot of young guys, a lot of rookies. They need to find that identity. And it seems like if they have that, even if they're going to be bad this year, and I assume you agree, they're going to continue to be mostly bad. That is, as you said, the silver lining of finding these identities that you can then build on moving forward. Absolutely. Look, they, they didn't have their identity during that losing streak. And that was a, a, you know, a drum that I had repeatedly kept banging because they needed to figure out what they wanted to be. Steven Silas was constantly preaching, wanting to play fast, wanting to play with pace. How do you play with pace when you're running too bigs for the majority of the game, right? You can't run as much. You're a young team, so you're going to run, you're going to have some turnovers, but you have to find a way to cut down on the turnovers so you can actually have some quality offensive possessions. They looked lost throughout that 15 game losing streak, but putting Christian Wood at the five, opening things up, finally gave them an identity. I think that they 
They really wanted the Daniel Tice pairing to work alongside Christian Wood. They committed a long-term contract to him this past offseason, and they weren't ready to abandon that just 10 games in. They really had to kind of you know wear the tires out on that thing and see, okay, is this really not going to work? Maybe it works situationally. What matchups can we you know eke out of this, this pairing, this front court duo? And unfortunately, by and large, it just doesn't work. The offensive, you know, prowess is just not there for whatever defensive bonus or size advantage that duo is supposed to provide. So they found their identity. The young guys look better. And Christian Wood is flourishing at the five spot. Coming up, why do the stats love Kirk Cousins, but the wins don't? Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. It is the time of year when people like to indulge. And I like to indulge. I like holiday food, but I also like delicious food that makes my body work efficiently. High in protein, high in fiber, low in sugar, low in net carbs. I like to eat things that taste delicious, that fuel my body so I can feel even better about having that holiday food that is really just because it's delicious and there's plenty of that this time of year. And that's the great thing about Built Bar. It is delicious. You've got flavors like cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, raspberry, mint brownie, but they're not just delicious. It's not empty calories like so many things we could reach for in our pantry. High in protein, high in fiber, low in net carbs, low in sugar. They're the perfect thing for a stocking stuffer. Love that idea. My family, they're going to get built Bars. They don't know it yet, but they're going to go in their stockings. You could even dip it in a little hot cocoa if you wanted to because the chocolate is going to melt right into your cup because all these bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Plenty of marshmallowy treats around the holiday. They've got light, fluffy, marshmallowy flavors, Built Bar Puffs. That are just unbelievable. I'm telling you, you you might not believe me. If you've never had them, you're not going to believe me. But believing is eating when it comes to Built Bar. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order and believe this holiday season. Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. The Minnesota Vikings did something on Sunday that no team had done before this season. They lost to the Detroit Lions, and Kirk Cousins actually had pretty good stats. And that brings up an interesting question about Kirk Cousins that I'm going to pose to Luke Braun from Locked on Vikings. Luke, this stat came out earlier this week that of the top 15 quarterbacks all time in passer rating, the only guy whose team is under 500 in his starts is Kirk Cousins. And outside of Deshaun Watson, who's three games over 500, it is not particularly close. So why, 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 what, what the hell's going on? <laughs> yeah. So I think this, this tells you a lot more about passer rating than I think it does about like these quarterbacks. For one, just looking at this list of the top 10, of, all top eight are active quarterbacks right now. Yeah, we are not watching the greatest eight quarterbacks of all time in the NFL right now. It's just a different league that gets more yards and more touchdowns and therefore more passer rating, right? But think about the things that passer rating does not capture that may lose to losing that may lead to losing a game. The highest retired quarterback is Tony Romo and then Steve Young, Peyton Manning, Philip Rivers. But of these top 15, 
six of them aren't active right now. It's just a different league, and we should probably look at something other than passer rating if we want to answer these questions. Advanced numbers like EPA per play and completion percentage above, above expectation also have tended to favor Kirk Cousins, especially in his Vikings tenure. Um, this year, they happen to love Jimmy Garoppolo for reasons that beggar belief. <laughs> but I, I do look at this, and I and look, I'm with you. First of all, quarterback wins, not a stat. Uh, and passer rating is is deeply flawed. All that said, I look at this list and I go, yeah, I don't think there's anyone on this list whose statistical prowess such that it exists affects his team's winning less than Kirk Cousins. Yeah. So here's another part of it. Capologists might not like this. Vikings fans might not like this, but <laughs> Kirk Cousins is playing on a huge contract. So he gets a lot of stats, but he's playing on a contract that's like bigger than Tom Brady's ever was because Tom Brady famously negotiates things differently. Mm -hmm. um, other teams maybe have done a better job of keeping their quarterback cap hits down through extensions or clever stuff. And the Vikings just sort of agreed to a giant deal. Um, and I think Kirk Cousins out negotiated the Vikings such that it has hurt them in ways, you know, they can't get better depth because, you know, that four or five million dollars you might save on Kirk Cousins might have led to better edge rusher depth or whatever. Right. So maybe there's something like that. But also, again, even completion percentage or EPA or, or whatever can still fail to capture some of the process oriented problems. Again, a nine yard pass on First and 10 is a positive play by EPA, but a nine yard pass where somebody was open 35 yards down the field is wasting plays for your team. And that's something that Kirk Cousins does a lot. He's been a little better about it this season, but he still had some games where he was deeply atrocious about it. Uh, like Sunday night against the Dallas Cowboys when they lost to Cooper Rush, guys were flying downfield and Kirk Cousins would check down. Some of those plays turned into positive EPA. They were complete. So yay for completion percentage over expectation, but missed opportunities. There are nuances and subtleties to quarterback play that we just can't capture by looking at how many yards a play got or if the pass was complete or not, which is at the core of EPA. It's a smart way of looking at how many yards a play got. And there's a lot of context applied in EPA, but it's still at the end of the day, the result. We got to stop looking at the results, start looking at the process. And finally, UConn sophomore women's basketball player Paige Beckers will be sidelined six to eight weeks with a fracture in her left knee that she suffered Sunday. The rating player of the year had an MRI and CT scans Monday that revealed a tibial plateau fracture. Beckers collapsed with 40 seconds left in the Huskies' 73-54 win over Notre Dame while dribbling the ball up the floor. She was carried off the Gamble Pavilion floor by two teammates. Thanks for making Lockdown Today your first listen of the day. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Make your second listen, Locked On Bets. Download and subscribe free and available on all platforms. Coming up Thursday, the AFC North is on the line. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.